Welcome back to Love, Life, and Legacy, the podcast dedicated to helping you navigate these hypersexualized times. And in today's episode, Benji and I are unpacking the conversation of what it means to be intolerant versus allergic to porn. And although this sounds kind of ridiculous or metaphorical, it's a very important distinction between whether you're all in or whether you're kind of kicking the can down the road. The difference between allergic and intolerant will determine how seriously you take this journey and how many results you get. So listen up and listen up well, okay? Before we get into that episode, I just want to let you know that High Noon has gone in on figuring out who our audience really is and who we really want to help, and it's blessed families. It's people in our movement. It's people who aspire to radiant blessings, whether you're in a blessed marriage or whether you're not, but you want to be. So in that, we want to serve you at the highest level. That means we want to find our truest of true fans and we need to know who you are. Please reach out to us. Find us on Instagram. If you haven't followed us on Instagram, do it. It's at highnoon.org. Follow us on YouTube. Our handle is slash highnooninternational. Or here on the podcast, you can reach out to us via our email address. So either way, reach out to us and let us know, are you our true fans? And how can we help you? We want to serve you. We want to give you goodies. We want to give you prizes. We want to give you our time and attention so that you can have breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. So please reach out to us. It needs to be a relationship of give and take. Otherwise, we're just speaking to a cave and we don't know if anybody's in it. All right. So with that, let's get into the episode. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, everybody. Come on. Come on now. So I don't know when you guys are going to be listening to this, but we just had an event last weekend in the Bay Area. And, you know, all these people came up and said, yo, the podcast changed my life. Like a bunch of people. And it was nice because we don't always hear that online, people. So instead of at the very end suggesting that you guys let us know your thoughts and feelings and opinions about this podcast, I'm going to say it now so that it sticks in your mind that throughout this podcast, give us one note, something that helped you this podcast episode. Okay. Yeah. And let's get into it, Benji. So you didn't know what in the world I was talking about with this, but the topic today is the difference between being intolerant versus deathly allergic to porn. But I was in my boot camp and I was trying to explain something. And you know, we're the talking business. And for people like us, metaphors are really valuable. When you got when you're on your A game with metaphors, it's like you can paint a picture and people get the point of what you're trying to say much more easily because it's like imagery. People like imagery, especially guys. We're visual learners. So if you could paint a nice picture, they get it more. But when you're off your metaphor game, it's like nobody knows what in God's name you're talking about. So this day that I mentioned this intolerance was I was on my A game because I was thinking about my own son. He's gluten intolerant, right? But the difference with him is we still eat gluten all the time because we're kind of lazy sometimes because the repercussions aren't immediate because it's not severe. Okay, so let's two case studies. One, my son. The other one, Karina. Karina is extremely allergic to gluten. She's got celiac-titis or celiaconitis or something to do with being celiac and being allergic. I don't know the name. There's too many medical names out there. But she's like, she's really, really, really allergic to gluten. It messes with her immediately. And the repercussions are long and problematic. Whereas my son, it's like if he eats a lot of pizza, a lot of bread, 
it's like this compounding effect where eventually he will get some sort of phlegm or he'll start coughing at night, which is annoying and it's alarming. And I hate it. I hate when he coughs in his sleep because I know that I've failed to help him maintain his regimen. Does that make sense? Those are two case studies, and there's a lot of in-betweens here in, in terms of those, but those are kind of two the two polar ends of being intolerant, that's my son, whereas he can still take it and the effects aren't immediate, they're compounded. They only present themselves after time, whereas Karina's allergic. I don't know deathly, but she's severely allergic to gluten, in which case the effects are immediate. Now, as this pertains to sexual integrity, I would say that most people who join a program are intolerant to porn. They kind of know that they shouldn't, but they haven't really developed an allergic reaction. So it slips here and there. It's like, oh yeah, it's a part of it because they're mildly intolerant. It's like, it's irksome, it's annoying, but it's not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. Whereas the people who come and they're allergic because they've felt the sting of what it does to them because they've either lost a loved one, like they were in a matching and it didn't work out or they got into trouble online. We know some people who have been in very sticky situations with the law because of that stuff. They are like much more incentivized because they're like, they see the repercussions. They're allergic, severely allergic. So I just want to kind of unpack that a bit. Now, when I talk for a long time, I always wonder how much of this actually makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I think Andrew, you and I are like coming from very similar angles, but also different angles because we're different people, right? We have different experiences. Like you're running the boot camp for Ascend, which is kind of a more intensive group of individuals that are trying to have sexual integrity. I'm running the Spartan program, which is like a one-on-one type of daily accountability and weekend and check-ins. And I've noticed when I started doing this, like more one-on-one type interactions with people, I get more depth in terms of their specific motivations and reasons. And when you say intolerance versus allergic reaction, it brings up, it paints this picture in my mind that sometimes when I ask somebody a series of questions, and one of the first questions I ask is, why do you want to quit porn at this time, right? Seems like an obvious question to ask, but when people start to think about it, you can see them go through this mental process of decoding, do I actually want to quit this thing? Or am I just doing it for some other reason, whether it's my beliefs or whether it's for my spouse or my match or my partner, whoever. Now, those are all natural and noble reasons to quit porn, but I've noticed that there's like two camps generally speaking, there's two camps. There's people that were like, the only reason, and I've talked to a few actually last week who were like, the only reason I'm quitting is for my wife. And they're very honest about it, which I'm grateful for. And then I asked like, if you were divorced or your wife, if you weren't married, would you watch porn? And they're like, yeah, totally all the time. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's a very honest way of thinking, right? So I was like, okay, so as long as that's the case, you're never going to quit. Because when the rubber hits the road, when you're really, really struggling your brains out, you're not going to make the right choice because in the end, you're making this pros and cons and cost benefit analysis in your brain that's saying like you're getting all this stuff, all these benefits and values for porn. But until you come to the place where you're the other camp, where it's like you realize that there is actually no benefit to porn. There's actually no value. And all the stuff that you feel like is value is actually fallacy. And when you come to that place, that's like where people actually, like you were saying, are like allergic to it, where they think to themselves, this is not an effing option anymore because I've got too much writing on this. Yeah. So what you're saying is they're making a personal decision in, impersonally. So it's not for them, it's for somebody yeah. else. And so they haven't internalized the reasons. And that's very similar to, you know, you can use the same diet analogy where maybe one mm -hmm. spouse wants to become a vegan and the other one basically just eats vegan at home. And then when they go out to a restaurant, they'll eat the crap out of a steak or a burger or whatever, because they haven't internalized that decision. It's more 
kind of ancillary and for somebody else. So I get that. And I like that because, you know, I even talked to somebody over the weekend who was considering going to the blessing for the sake of his parents. And I was like, well, what about this poor woman that you're going to be with? Like you might Mm -hmm. be able to do something out of obligation or duty but that doesn't necessarily produce love for the person that you're in a relationship with. Like to be in a marriage out of obligation does not produce good emotions. And for you, and they don't get what they need, which is love, to be loved. You can serve somebody with your body, but if it's not with your heart, they're not getting filled up, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's very much in the same ballpark of ownership, which is a big theme of our workshop last weekend was all about ownership. And in terms of your own journey with sexual integrity, that's the difference because to become allergic is to internalize and to remember in great detail the negative repercussions of messing with porn. I think a lot of people have long-term memories for trauma and for the times that they've failed themselves, but they have short-term memories for things like porn. They're like, yeah, I hate it. And then three weeks later, they're like, ah, it wasn't that bad, Mm -hmm. you know? It's the same phenomenon as like all the disciples of Jesus. They're like, Jesus, I'll do anything for you. And then he's like, yeah, just listen to my words. And they're like, yeah, I mean like anything but that. Or like, do I don't have to change, do I? (laughs) It's same with a lot of people. So the purpose of this conversation is to make a delineation because I think it's really important to see which camp you're in. Are you more intolerant? Intolerant still leaves room for mistakes. And I've been noticing this more and more frequently in our groups is that people will come in the front door of high noon saying that they want to get rid of porn from their lives or masturbation, these things, but there'll be porn in their back pocket. They're kind of sneaking it in, in their back pocket, just in case, because it's been a source of reliable comfort for so long that in effect, they would like freedom in theory, but they bring their, whatever they're a slave to with them just in case freedom doesn't work out. In which case you're actually unconsciously planning for failure. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't see somebody walking out of jail and keep the handcuffs in their back pocket just in case they end up back in jail. Cause that's crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. I wanted to paint another picture here. Like you said, we're very similar in many ways, but I was talking to somebody the other day, yesterday or the day before, and he's talking about how porn isn't that bad. And he was definitely in the intolerance camp. He was like, Mm -hmm. it's bad, but it's not that bad. And then I was thinking about it in more kind of substantial terms, like poison. Like if you ingested little bits of poison all the time, you're like, it's not that bad. It's not killing me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, but you're willingly ingesting poison, kind of like cigarettes, right? Like they clearly have many toxic chemicals in them and you're willfully ingesting toxins, which will eventually have a negative repercussion. So yeah, maybe you don't die with one cigarette, but why breathe in toxic air to begin with? What's the benefit? There is no benefit. But because of the fact that it's not immediate, I know a lot of parents tried that approach. They're like, if you watch porn, your eyes will explode. Or if you masturbate, your hands will become hairy or whatever. They tried, that obviously doesn't work like that. Yeah, that poison analogy really stuck with me because I'm like, that's what's exactly what's happening on a spiritual level. You just don't feel the impacts until much later. I can share a very personal example of that is from my experience and also talking to the guys is that anyone who has a porn habit or addiction subconsciously or consciously believes that there is some value to be added. It's it's bringing value. Until you'd come to the place that is, you understand profoundly that there's no value and it just slaps you in the face and it's only taking away from your life, then you're not going to change. Like that's a simple matter of fact. So for me, I believed 
with all my heart that it was good stress relief. I believe that. Like I did. Like if you ask the logical person that I was like, yes, it's relaxing. It's stress relief. And I thought, you know what? Occasionally is okay. Like I believe that. It's okay in occasion. As people would say with smoking. If you smoke once a year, it's not going to kill you. Right? But. but. <laughs> big but. So when I was really struggling with my addiction, it's like, first of all, I had to come to a place where I understood that there is no value and everything I thought was valuable, the stress relief was actually taking away from my life. It was actually making me more stressed out and more reliant on. So then I had to go through the process of having ammunition every time that thought came to my mind. It's like, oh, it's okay occasionally. Oh, I've done really well for the last few weeks or a few months. It's okay to do it once in a while, which is what everyone says. I had to have ammunition. And the three reasons that I came up with, and I think it's important for everyone to have their reasons that they can play as like trump cards or ammunition anytime that monster shows his face, right? Yeah. For me, the first reason was a little bit always leads to a more. And that's proof in any addiction. That's why people who smoke a pack a day didn't start smoking a pack a day, right? That's why people who are in severe porn addictions and addicted to all kinds of stuff and weird fetishes didn't think when they first start watching porn that they'd be into that. They didn't think yeah. that. This is how addictions are formed. So that's the first reason that I came up with. It's like one always leads to more. And this is why I'm here today. This is why I'm where I am today. This is why I'm struggling. Hey, if you're getting something good from this episode, you will probably really enjoy our other podcast, The Blessed Couple Podcast, where we talk about how to create a smashing marriage and experience God in the process. And yes, we talk a lot about sex. We have incredible guest speakers that I think you're going to really love. All you have to do is search for Blessed Couple Podcast on your favorite podcast player or just click the link in the description of this episode. Thanks. Back to the show. The second reason I came up with is as long as I have this habit in my life, even if it's a little bit, I will never actually fix the root issue because every time the root issue came to the surface, which for me was stress and anxiety, and I didn't know how to handle that. I would always go to it. Like when I was really stressed out of my mind, I was always go to the habit. And as long as that was the case, I would never figure out how to deal with the root issue. Because yeah. it's always putting a bandaid on. That was a really big reason for me. And the biggest reason, number three, is as long as this habit is in my life, even a little bit, I will never be in line with my integrity. I will never be a man of integrity that I want to be. Because my values are such that this is not the life I want to live. So even if it's a little bit, I'm not living according to how I want. And that was the biggest thing for me. And that's a very personal decision. And that doesn't require me to have this noble, like, oh, because I want to save myself for my future wife. You know, I want my wife to be sexually. It's like, no, those, that's all noble and good, but it's not enough to move the needle. And it's not enough to motivate you to actually change when it matters, to make those micro decisions of, do I watch this YouTube channel or this video or this Instagram profile? Or do I not? Do I watch this TV show that's a little raunchy or this movie that I shouldn't watch? Or do I not? When mm. it really counts, people don't choose the right decision if their primary motivation is anything but because this is what the man I want to be or the woman that I want to be. So good. Yeah, absolutely. So, that's, so that was like my trump card. That was it. There was it no, makes a there, lot of and, sense. And, 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 if you put that as your trump card, is like integrity, then there's nothing you can justify because you can't say it's like, oh, a little, because integrity is you're the same all the time. Your words and your actions are the same all the time, regardless of who's watching or what you're doing. And if that's the case, I can't just say it's occasionally okay. And that from that, that was like the biggest reason for me. Well, it's the absolutist approach. This happens to a lot of people. They develop allergies late in life, right? And they go from being completely okay consuming something to you are not allowed to consume this. And that's when you actually be, have to become an absolutist by default. 
So I had a friend, my best friend, I still, I love him to death. He, he died, but his addiction was food. And I feel like I've mentioned him here before, but like he would go on these binges where he would just eat himself to the brink of death. He would literally in one night, in one session, binge session, he would eat an entire pizza. He'd go order several meals from McDonald's and then a bucket of chicken from KFC and then tubs of ice cream. And then he would sit and cry and cry and cry and cry. Now this guy did this for maybe 15 years and he got to 330 pounds at the kind of very peak of it. And then he eventually had kidney failure. His kidney failed. His brother donated some of his kidney to him, he had an extension of five years of life. In that five years, the doctor said, you cannot eat anything but this diet. And it was the worst diet. Picture this. Mm-hmm. Morning is oatmeal with nothing in it except for a little bit of cinnamon. Lunch, you have blended broccoli and cauliflower. And dinner, blended broccoli and cauliflower. That was basically his diet with very little margin for maneuver after that. I think maybe he was allowed to have some protein, like really dry chicken. But for him, it was life or death. If he deviated and had one bad day where he binged, he'd be dead. You know, his his body had been pushed to the edge. His choice making options were removed. It was either like live or die. Those were his choices. And I think kids don't feel that because usually kids don't experience that level. That happens when you're older. But if you think about it in terms of like porn addiction, same thing is like when you're single, it's kind of like you have... I could care or I could not, right? It's not so severe. But we know many husbands who are in a position where their wives are like, fix this or I'm out. It's life or death. And I think that's always actually the only two decisions you have is choose life or choose death. It's very biblical, right? But you don't feel it because as a single person, you don't feel the consequences of your actions nearly as much as when you're in a relationship and especially when you start having kids. And that's why I really honestly believe that so many people are avoiding the whole marriage transaction altogether because then they never have to experience the burden of responsibility, like the repercussions of their actions. You can always just blame other people your whole life and be like, ah, women suck. And it's like, really? All women Mm -hmm. suck equally? It wasn't anything to do with you? That's convenient. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Right? Or or vice versa. Yeah, or vice versa for, for women, right? But the main point is, Life and death are really our only two options. It's just you don't feel the repercussions possibly until later. So that thing that you're talking about, maybe watching porn once a year. The other thing I was thinking about was what you miss out on by indulging as infrequently as you do is you miss out on the blessing of that discomfort that you were feeling because that's telling you something. It's trying to. Our spirits and our bodies are constantly trying to send us signals and we're constantly trying to numb those signals, right? Oh, I have a headache. I need an Advil. No, you need to figure out why you have a headache. Like, are you not sleeping? Are you eating the wrong foods? A lot of times, honestly, it's because you're just living a poor lifestyle. You're not hydrating enough, whatever the case may be. But you'll never learn the lesson if you keep on numbing yourself. And with porn, it's the same thing. It's like, why are you so uncomfortable once a year that you cannot control yourself? It's really important information. And if you don't stop, you'll never learn the lesson that your body or your mind or your spirit is trying to teach you. That was a really cool tip I got. I heard at one point is look at urges as opportunities to understand something that you're supposed to learn by yourself. It's like a hint. It's a blessing. Can I ask about your friend? Did he figure out why he had this eating disorder? It's a long, really complicated story. It was the saddest story I've ever heard. It was in his family. There is the most remarkable and 
unbelievable trauma because one brother actually ended up murdering somebody. It was crazy. And so he just never bounced back from that because he didn't have the tools because honestly, it was the 70s, I think, when it happened or early 80s. And the world was a different place. Even back then, dude, like the coping mechanisms that we had at our disposal as a human race in the 80s were nothing compared to what we have now. And so he completely changed his life. He changed his name. He lived in New York. He moved to LA. He changed his career. He changed everything, but he couldn't change the trauma that he experienced. And the only way he could cope with that was overeating. Cause that's- So it was a, numbing, was, it was a numbing mechanism for him too. Yeah, absolutely. And it reminded him of his childhood because he grew up in a New York Jewish family. Food is associated with all major holidays, gathering and eating. So that was unbeknownst to him, just, you know, a really- deep connection to the best memories that he had was food. So I can't really say it. it's not my story to tell, but he died. I just wanted to highlight the fact that it's a very similar numbing mechanism that people do for any supernormal stimulus. Food addiction yeah. is very real. We don't talk about food addiction, but it's super, super real for most of us, right? To an extent. I mean, it's probably the hardest addiction to deal with because you have to reintroduce yeah. your addiction three times a day to stay healthy, right? Like with sex addiction, you don't have to have sex every day. It is important part of marriage, but mm -hmm. it's not like three meals a day is kind of necessary or whatever. So anyway, yeah, very similar yep. ballpark. And anyway, the point is, guys, to kind of start wrapping this up is if you are intolerant and not allergic, I would really encourage you actually to figure out how you can become allergic. And how you do that is start recognizing the fact that you already are allergic. You're just numbing the symptoms, right? Like I knew a girl in high school, she really wanted to drink as a social thing, but every time she would drink, she would get a migraine headache. So she would just have Advils before she would drink and then drink. And her body was trying to tell her, don't do this. And she was like, shut up body, right? So we have these things that are already in existence. That's part of what guilt is. That's part of, not shame. We can get into that in another episode, guilt versus shame. But guilt is a mechanism that helps to teach us not to go there, to listen to that, to listen to our conscience. You know, these things are already in place to help us not go back. That's part of our allergy. And we are numbing the symptoms. And it's not making the problem go away. It's just kicking the can down the road before you have a severe allergic reaction down the road. It's just building up. So as much as you can develop an allergy, a severe allergy by looking at the symptoms and taking them seriously and stop trying to numb them and move yourself from casual, intolerant, you know, person to a severely allergic, serious person. Yeah. And also, if you want to get serious about it, you can join Andrew's bootcamp or my Spartan program, right? Plug that in. You go to highnoon.org and you can join us and we'll help you figure all that out personally. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to take it really seriously, you got to be really serious about it. And that means doing something about it, talking to people. We're always here to talk. Benji and I, very available if you need to talk. And we're looking for our true fans. I mentioned it earlier in the intro, but we are looking for our true fans. And we're going to find a way to connect with you guys and to really serve you guys at the highest level. So if you identify as somebody who is a, is a real true fan of High Noon, somebody who really consumes our content, somebody who's transformed by it, let us help you. Reach out to us. Let us know how we can help. Okay. You can email admin at highnoon.org and that'll get to us. That'll absolutely get to us. Yeah. Thank you everybody for listening. Thank All you, right. Benji, for being so gorgeous and Thank talk you, to you next week.
I hope you found that episode enjoyable. And before we go, I wanted to challenge you to take your life on, to take your life to the next level. And if you're struggling in any way with pornography, with masturbation, with issues of sexuality that just are not helping you at all, if you want to reclaim your life, reclaim your eyes and ears, your time, your energy, then take our free 15-day challenge. If you go to highnoon.org, you can find our 15-day challenge right there on the front page. Take it. It's absolutely free, no strings attached. We've designed it to help you gain some level of momentum in your journey of sexual integrity so that you can take the next step, whatever that may be. It could be to go to our deeper Ascend program, which is a 90-day program we have. It could be to reach out to that accountability partner. It could be to just take the whatever steps you need to take in your journey to build the life of heavenly sexuality that you deserve. So go to highnoon.org right now if you want to break up with porn and start to get engaged with the life of your dreams and eventually marry it. Doesn't it sound nice? So go to highnoon.org to find all of those resources and more. It's been a slice.